Hi there. Did you miss us? Welcome to our second episode of this week. I am Duncan Tiny Nails McKay, and over there is our nasty backyard mechanic, Bronson Cornelis. And as usual, still trying to figure out what his wife's nose smells like, is Tanner Jaron Albertson, <laughs> who also still happens to be in the corner, because if he wasn't, would this really be Hard Questions, the podcast? The answer is no. That's why this is Hard Questions, the podcast. The podcast. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to yet another episode. Um, let's get this started. We do have uh, kind of have a daily rando experiment thing That's today, right? right? Um, so I get all kinds of flack mm-hmm. from my family for eating string cheese. So, the question is, Duncan, (laughs) does string cheese taste different if you take bites of it compared to stringing it or peeling it? Good question. So. Let's talk about it first. Let's talk about it. First. First. Okay. What do you got, Duncan? So. hmm, I'm trying to organize my (laughs) my thoughts. (laughs) So, in taking strips off and eating them individually, it's like um, it's giving more surface area of your tongue with less material to work with. Whereas if you're... Kay. So, if you take a thin strip and put it on the tongue and taste it, right? Let the tongue absorb the taste. You get a light, airy-filled flavor of cheese. Right. Kay. Everyone's like, oh, that sounds good right now. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas if you were to take a bite, the surface area on the cheese right here, that this... So, fun fact, before we get started... Um, mozzarella cheese, which is string cheese. Yes. Fun fact. In a tube, Americanized. In a tube, a little squeeze <laughs> tube. <laughs> squeeze. Uh, mozzarella cheese is made um, by a. I- it's actually one of the uh, quicker cheeses, so it takes less time to make. Oh. Um, although it is a lengthy process if you'd like to make one. Um, but they soak it in a, a sort of briny whey mixture. That so when when the cheese curds are all curdled together and they you know they combine and you. Su- you separate the, the curds from the whey. Okay. Right? Um, some whey is still left over, and leaving the whey in makes it a really soft, s- like, juicy cheese. Huh. And that briny juice is still left over in our, you know... Little on the outside of the... Uh, on the yeah. tubey thing on here. The inside the tubey. Here's some cheese tube ASMR <laughs> for you. Stop it. Okay. They okay. don't want to hear that. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Um... So yeah, there's there's your nerding out about cheese, and uh, so the surface area <laughs> is covered in a lot of salty brine mixture. So in my theory, mm-hmm. you're talking about if you peel it, you get more surface area. I think it's just because of that brine crap that it tastes different, hmm. chunk eaten rather than string eaten. That's my that's my hypothesis. Well, should should we cut to the cheese? Let's cut to the cheese. <laughs> Let's do it. All three of us have some string cheese here. We're going to open them up. Classic string cheese opening Classic. sound. Uh, so, obviously, we have to bite first, right? And then we'll string. Okay. Okay? I'm uncomfortable about this. All right. Let's take a bite. It's so briny. Okay. That's true. The outside... You can taste the brine to start out with, mm-hmm. and then it like gets when you get into the cheese a little bit more, it's a little. It's very whey, like very like, I don't know. It's like skim milk almost, mm. almost kind of. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. So, should we peel? Yeah. Let's 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 take a peel. Okay. Okay. It's like a medium-sized peel medium out of mine. Medium-sized peel. Peel. Oh. And I'm gonna put the inside of it 
down towards my tongue, so I'm not getting brine first, okay? Okay. Again, it's a that's a very I don't know. It's it feels more aromatic to me. It feels yeah, lighter. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's like it's easier on the palate. I don't know. I had never thought about that. What the heck? Hmm. Yeah, I hope the <laughs> listeners are really enjoying this. <laughs> you know, a bunch of mouth noises over the air. <laughs> Like yeah. you get a nice center section. It's like, like, it's like dry. If you look at it and like feel it, it's like way dried compared to the outside, like brine. You yeah. know, it's like got, yeah, it's got like grain compared to the outside. Oh, but it's good. It's real good. It's, it's been a long good. time since I had string cheese. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm just gonna finish this piece and we can move on. I'm gonna finish my whole thing. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> Okay. This is our podcast. We can do whatever the freak we want. <laughs> you can see left in the wrapper. Oh, I mean, you guys can see. The the listeners can't. The brine. The brine. The the way that's left over. I dipped mine in the brine to you taste it. Filthy and heathen. And it tastes like it's like saltier. It's poisonous. <laughs> you can't eat that. <laughs> You're not supposed to eat that, Bronson. Didn't they didn't your mother ever tell you not to eat the brine out of a cheese? <laughs> I'm now looking at the package. <laughs> okay. Ew. That's a good sign that it's time to move on. Well, hmm? yeah, it's good. Ew. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's a there's your daily rando about the difference between stripped cheese and bited cheese, mozzarella cheese. So the reason I just bite it is just a time thing. Like I don't have time to sit there peeling my cheese. Oh man, I just had like a stomach <laughs> movement. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> a stomach movement. Yeah. It like shifted in your body. Yeah. Wow. It's like some valves just letting off some steam or something. Just booted your kidneys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But like, <laughs> most of the times my hands are so dirty that if I touch the actual string cheese to peel it, it's like black instantly. So uh, that's why I just like chomp it down. But there, I will, I will admit there is a flavor difference, but it doesn't really matter that much to me. Lest we forget that you are still our nasty backyard mechanic, Bronson Bradley. I, I am. I'm really just in it for the protein, you know that protein. Protein. Yeah. Yeah. Got to get it. It's Wolverine over there. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel. Oh man, that is very sad. All right. Um, did you finish with the cheese? I finished. Okay, I'm done. Should we uh, move on? Let's move on. Yeah. Nobody's listening anymore, so now we can just. Say whatever we want. <laughs> That's right. Um, so Bronson, yeah. Last episode, you had some some pretty interesting questions about yawning. Yes, I did. Do you recall what your question was? Uh, because I don't. That's why I'm okay. no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, mainly, every time I sing, I yawn a lot. When you sing, a lot. Interesting. So, let's talk about yawning for a, a second. Scientists can confidently say that they're not sure why we yawn. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you sort of like see a theme here, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Stephen Hawking is like, We can confidently say we have no idea why people yawn. That was pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. He's just rolling over in his grave to get me in the head. He's rolling over into a black hole. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Live on, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> my man. Did they not, like, cremate him and inject this, like, dust into space? Why didn't they do that? They sh- 
Why didn't he want that? Maybe they did. I don't know. I just I feel like if he did that, we would have heard about it. Probably. Or maybe it was like privacy. You know, I don't want people looking at my my bone dust up in the sky. I'd rather have them come and look at it on Earth. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's brownies. (laughs) 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 You fooled us again, Stephen (laughs) Hawking. Got him again. Bamboozled. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. So yawning. Um, do you do you want to share some of the science behind yawning? Or um, um, so what I remember is that it actually wakes you up a little bit, mm-hmm. which makes sense because like when you're tired, you yawn a lot more. So it's like kind of an alertness thing. Right. Yeah. Um, what I heard uh, one time when I was listening to a SYSK episode was that um, the increased oxygen because you're like really sucking in air and like expelling air at the same time, like getting rid of all that CO2 and sucking in a bunch of good oxygen um, like helps like revitalize your brain and like get it working it's like a kickstart almost mm-hmm. and that's like the closest that scientists can like presume of why we do that but at the same time it's like this weird you can't really stop a yawn you can kind of like stifle it like mm-hmm. clench your teeth but you like your, you throat, your throat has to open up <laughs> yeah. you know you still make that weird like <laughs> flared nostril face you know like <laughs> Maybe like one eye twitches. Yeah. Even. So that's why scientists are like, there's got to be another reason why your body would want to like force it so heavily instead of just breathing and like taking a deep breath. Because mm-hmm. so like I think the oxygen has something to do with it, but there's something else that we're not quite sure what it's for. Sure. Yeah. And coming back to the uh, the singing thing, I think so. Th- what I what I was researching, it it sort of says that when you're singing you're using a lot more oxygen than you normally do. And the only time you naturally do that, Bronson's yawning <laughs> right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're good. I'm going to start, I'm going to start yawning real, real soon too. Um, is when you're yawning, right? Right. When you're singing, you're taking in a lot of air so that you can breathe it out. Um, and naturally you it do that when you yawn. It just like kicks on the response. It's almost like when you have a Charlie horse type mm-hmm. thing, like if you like move your muscle in like some or your arm or your leg in like a weird way that like you haven't in a while, your muscles like full of lactic acid because you haven't moved it and like clicks on like oh we gotta move this and like ah Charlie horse you know and it, it sucks kills <laughs> it's almost like that same response type thing it's like you're almost initiating something while you're singing and it's like oh I guess we're yawning okay cool mm-hmm. man we'll yawn you <laughs> right. know but I mean we we talked about in the past episode that it feels good though it's like yeah. It's like satisfying, you know, like taking in a, a deep breath and letting it out. I just made you all yawn. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Um, <laughs> I guarantee you the listener has yawned by now. I guarantee it. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, it, it, it's got to be contagious. It has to be in some strange way. I mean, like even watching animals yawn. Like if you ever see a lion that's like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> like it gets me too. It holds up its symbol cup like. <laughs> 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 That's right. Uh, but like, let's 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 go back to Jub Jub and Tub Tub for a second. Okay, our, our resident Neanderthals. That's right. On the Hard Questions podcast realm, um, what purpose would one Neanderthal yawning have that would affect the others in a positive way? Like, why would their body need to respond yawning as well? Well, so good question. If if it does have something to do with alertness, and if it is, you know, if it's waking your body up, well, so let let's think of it this way: 
I- if it's nighttime or it's the evening and Jub Jub <laughs> over there Start starts yawning, yawning. <laughs> that means that his body is fatigued or tired and uh, his body's telling him, hey, like, wake up, stay with me. Like, don't let a T-Rex come out and bite your ear. But off. isn't that like a personal thing? Like some people are always tired some people are never tired some people can sleep three hours and not be tired so like the neanderthals will have that varying level of like alertness so why when you yawn and you've only got an hour of sleep but i got 16 hours of sleep why do i need to yawn too even though i'm fully rested hmm. equality i don't know oh my gosh <laughs> your, your get body's that crap out of here <laughs> <laughs> i don't know free rides for everyone <laughs> <laughs> well no, I, d- I don't know. In like even seeing a lion yawn, you know, makes me yawn. Like I was just saying, yeah. but I th- I think it's that same thing. Like e- in every animal is that instinct of that. Like there's a need to stay alert because there's there's always something out there that can throw a spear into your. But chest. why doesn't our body just like automatically just breathe deeper always? Like just like. Well, I mean, like we use like hardly any of our lung capacity when we're just like enjoying the day sure well your body does when it goes to sleep right so your your breath changes when when you're sleeping so you tend to take a lot slower and deeper breaths when you're sleeping and it's like it's taxing when you're awake right because you know your heart rate's a lot faster when you're when you're awake moving around but i don't know (gasps) i that there's so much to this that (laughs) You know, we have so little answers. So little, yeah. That we just don't know. Um, so thanks, listener, and Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I think the singing and yawning thing, it annoys me because like I'm trying to sing. Like, leave me alone, body. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Do your job. Get out of the way. Because the devil loves me. <laughs> me. You know. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyways, so there's yawning for you. Mystery. There's something there. There's some kind of... Because it's contagious. It totally is. It is. You can't can't deny it. But, like, why? Why isn't, like, sneezing contagious? That's, like, actually expelling (laughs) crap from your body. Like, Jub-Jub and Tub-Tub, if Jub-Jub started sneezing, Tub-Tub's body would be like, oh my gosh, you must have, like, a pathogen. I'm going to sneeze, too. But sneezing Mm -hmm. isn't contagious. I don't know. I wish it was. I love sneezing. It's good. You sneeze every time somebody else sneezes. I'm about to sneeze right now. My nose is like killing me. I can't. <laughs> Man, what's that one like mental disorder called when like people talk about like an infirmity? Do you think that you have it? Hard-headedness. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> no, Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Though? Um. Uh, hypochondriac. Hypo, yeah, yeah, hypochondriac. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not a hypochondriac, but I'm kind of being one this episode. <laughs> my nose right now, dude, is like someone's sticking a feather right up it. And like I can't even. Bless your soul. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, <laughs> you got this next one, Duncan. All right. So, what do you think would be one of the best steps we could take toward ending poverty around the world? That's a hard question. Hmm. Hmm. Redistribution of wealth. Okay. Like a like to what degree do you mean? It's like hard as it, we've talked about this before, but as hard as it is to like swallow, 
a human only needs a certain amount of wealth. Mm-hmm. Say it be a billion dollars or ten billion or a trillion, whatever. Like cap it, everything they make over that, give it away. Sure. Should that be a tax? Do you think? Nah. Well, I mean, there's the Bill and Melinda project, which sure. is they like are donating. Is it fifty percent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Like all of their like wealth to charities. Like they're like it's like a a pledge basically. Mm-hmm. And they've got all kinds of like millionaires and billionaires to sign it, which is awesome. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's stupid. <laughs> There's so much money out there, and it's not in the right place. I think so. M- money is good, but I feel like what a lot of people need more than more than money is like materials. Because I, I mean, but you need money to buy the materials. Like, come on. Sure, but like food drives. In yeah. in some ways, I feel like food drives are accomplishing more money, th- uh, accomplishing more than, you know, donating a dollar at, you know. Yeah, and that might be true, or but a lot of it also has to do with like if we if everybody in the world had a meal, and if everybody in the world had a house, there wouldn't be any room left. There wouldn't be any food left. You know, if everybody in the world had uh, a Tesla, there wouldn't be any electricity left. You know, there's <laughs> all there's all these things. Sure. You know, you just can't like yeah. give everybody everything. But then again, there needs like to be a balance. We're humanity, and and we we don't really believe in survival of the fittest. Like, but I mean, ethically believe in survival right. of the fittest. Right, but in reality, yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. We, we thrive in it. We bathe in it. It's like a gravy boat <laughs> that your grandma just slides onto the dinner table. You just lather your taters up with it. The tears of starving <laughs> children around the world just. Drowned me, right? Just barely, Bronson. <laughs> I just am overwhelmed right now. Oh, well. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, dang it, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay, so step I would take mm-hmm. towards ending poverty around the world, I think more than anything is awareness. Um. Because, like, going to Peru for two years was, like, super eye-opening, like, mm-hmm. crazy eye-opening. And I think a lot of people could experience that or something similar, you know, and really, like, have a different perspective on life. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, like, rich people out there, high and mighty people, powerful people, whatever you want to call them, that kind of don't see that. Kind of, like, not necessarily purposely turn a blind eye tor- towards it, but it just, like, comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. If you live in a nice neighborhood, you're not going to see very many poor people, so you're not going to be thinking about them all the time. You're going to be thinking about things in your life because that's what's around you. Sure. You think about yeah. what's around you. What yeah, that's fair. So, but then again, do you think that even if there was a poor, like, you know, say a poor family in like an incredibly wealthy area, do you think people would still reach out? Yeah. You think so? Mm-hmm. You have a lot more faith in humanity than I think I do. No, I think I've just seen it a lot more. Okay. I think I've seen examples of it a lot more. Okay. That like, like think about it. Like if one of your neighbors on your street like just like goes through the worst something, like their house burns down, or like like a divorce, or something really like hardcore in their life, like neighbors kind of step mm-hmm. up and help out a lot. But I feel like there's there's a different connection I- in other neighborhoods than there is here where we are, because we live in very interconnected neighborhoods. Whereas in, in other places, like outside the country even, yeah. everyone's kind of for themselves. And that sounds wrong. Well, in, And, of course, that's a generalization. I know there's, yeah, you know, that's a very closed-minded view. But I still feel like people look out for each other, though. 
but uh, sure to a yeah. degree i feel like a lot of some of the biggest struggles that are in america are the unspoken things like people don't it's it's probably a pride thing like people don't want to go knocking on doors and saying hey my wife just got you know diagnosed with cancer i need a casserole like no one wants to reach out and ask for things yeah um in my opinion something that would be incredibly beneficial would be a service period like a mandatory service period where someone where, where people dedicate some x amount of time you know it they can make it some sort of like personal life tax or whatever that they pay to their community that's a very utilitarian sort of (laughs) outlook like taking care of everyone that's Um, not bad though that's not a bad idea i mean and like you can you can i mean there might be like a cap like maybe it's based on like how much free time you have or something like that if you have a lot then you know maybe you donate like an hour a week or something to help poor people. Uh, I I feel like that would change like the the outlook on on neighborhoods and stuff like that. You know, the 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 overall view of everyone living in a community I feel like would change because it's everyone constantly thinking about other people, right? right yeah. Um I don't know. Good stuff, Duncan. You like that? Yeah. Cool. I hate it. Oh. Doesn't work. Oh. Just die. Freaking communism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a commie. No, no that's no, you're not. That's worry. wishful thinking, of course. Uh, yeah, you know, and that's minus a lot that's of realistic. Y- yeah, that's the problem. Is people are like, well, what about my freedom? And you're like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Screw your freedom. Get in my box. <laughs> Get in this Jeep. Yeah. Anyways, anyway, um, poverty is a hard s- subject. And if you have any solutions for us, write to us mm-hmm. before I lose my breath and start dying right here. <laughs> Don't die. <coughs> Give it a good yawn, Bronson. <coughs> um, also, if you need help, don't hesitate to reach out because there are great people in this world that are willing to help. Mm-hmm. Wi- with Like what Bronson said, there's a lot of good people out there, there willing yeah. to help. So, All right, let's move on. Move on. Uh, would it be wrong to steal in order to feed a starving child? Um, depends on what sort of, <laughs> I don't know, what what your view on ethics are. Do you <laughs> live in the time of the French Revolution? Your name is Jean Valjean. <laughs> and your, your sister's kid, I think, needs a loaf of bread. Something like that. So you steal it. That's right. Would it be wrong? Well, a deontologist would say yes, because your duty. Oh, actually, no. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what a deontologist would say. Sorry, a deontologist is someone who is oriented around duty. What your duty is. Your well, what about the duty of Javert? The duty of the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I say no. It's not. I don't think it's wrong to steal in order to feed a starving child. I agree. In most cases. I mean, you shouldn't be stealing from other people who need the food. Mm-hmm. Freaking go steal from the dollar store. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> those people probably need food, too. Maybe go steal from, like, a Walmart. local grocery store, like a Walmart yeah. or something. Those people don't need food. Walmart is doing fine. They, y- y- they're yeah. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. Those six grapes that you sneak out of the bag while you're there. 
They're not going to notice. Okay. <laughs> Walk out of the grocery store with a bulgy <laughs> cheek, you know? <laughs> Lumpy cheek. That's justifiable. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I'm with you. But, like, don't steal from, like, <coughs> steal from, like, the big man. You know, this is like mm-hmm. a Robin Hood principle. You know, don't steal from your neighbor. We're, we all are poor, too, man. You know, help us out here. Sure. Go yeah. steal from the guys who are jerks to the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. The the people that aren't willing to give. Yeah, from know, one poor guy to another. Go steal from the people who aren't willing to give. So that's it. <laughs> Long live Robin Hood. <laughs> um, Duncan, do you want to... I'll give you a couple options. Mm-hmm. We can either talk about the trolley experiment, we can either take a ad break, or we can just keep rolling on with no ad break. Let's take an ad break. All right. <laughs> Because we believe in this product so much, we gave a sneak peek in the last episode. You no longer need to ingest your vitamins, but now you can directly apply them to your skin to be soaked right into your body. Because isn't that how it should be? Just ask the sun. He knows what's up. Batteries not included. Some adult assembly required. And we're back. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> We're happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Bronson, I have a thought experiment for you. Okay. Um, now, just a little background. This thought experiment was developed in 1967 by Philippa Foote. Okay, yes. F-O-O-T-E? F-O-O-O-T. Three O's? Just two. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Just two. But then it was adapted and really made well-known by Judith Jarvis Thompson in, in, in 1985. Right. So Iron Man sidekick. Got it. That's right. <laughs> That's <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Bronson, here's the thought experiment. Okay. You are sitting on the side of a railway station. No, false. You're sitting <laughs> next to railway, uh, some railroad tracks, right? Kay. And you hear the bell coming, okay? Bing, bing, oh, bing. The train's coming. So and I hop on the track. No. Close. <laughs> <laughs> you look at this track and you look down the road and you realize that it it, it tees off. Okay, it splits off mm-hmm. in, into two pathway pathways. Now, the train is going to go straight. It's okay. not going to be redirected. Okay, mm, You should see that. You d- yeah, Kay. you see that. But now, on that path is one person tied to the train tracks. And you're stuck there with your hand on the lever to change the, the, the direction of the tracks. Right? Okay. So, obviously, your idea—you know—ideally, you pull the lever to redirect the train to not kill the person. Okay. The train conductor's pissed because he just redirected people to Colorado and not California. But I mean, you saved a life, right? Right. Now, what happens if there are five people on the other side of the track and one person there? Which one would you choose? Who dies? And who would you choose to die? Right. To this is like the famous, like, do I let what was going to happen happen and kill one person? Mm-hmm. Or do I intervene and, and kill five people to save the one person? Mm-hmm. Or it can even be the other way around with five on the main track, one on the other. Do I intervene? Do I not? Do I let fate take its course? Yeah, that's quite and the... And let's say that this one person is someone that you love. Oh, crap. Okay. It's... It's your Alfa Romeo. You're really buttering my biscuits right <laughs> now. <don't you? laughs> it's the only thing you love. It's your cars. <laughs> All three of my cars on a train track. And me, Tanner, Amanda, and Connor, and uh, uh, Chelsea. Yeah. 
All of us on on the other side. Who do you kill? Your car or your friends? Who's standing in front on the other track? <laughs> it's me. It's a tricky. So if you had to kill one or kill five, which one would you rather kill? Well, and most people obviously would say one, mm-hmm. right? But the thing is, like, is your intervention of actively like switching it, killing somebody, is that really like you know? Can people do that? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. Mm. It's a good question. Sure. You know, even and would it change if you didn't know the five people, but you knew the the one, like if it was your mom? Yeah. Would you think it would change? It would change. Yeah, I'm sure it would. H- how would you How would you react then? This is very feeling very directed toward me. Well, <laughs> you can give it right on back. On, uh, I just want to hear your your answer because I'm very curious. I don't, I don't know if I have an answer. So they did a an experiment experiment on this. On I don't know if it was like a TV show that I was watching or if it was just a YouTube video, but mm-hmm. it was like a really like a really well done experiment. No, it was uh, Vsauce Michael that did it. Oh really? Yeah. So um, it's actually really cool. They like filmed the footage of of um, basically this happening, like a switching station, basically, and like directly ahead, there was like two or three construction workers, uh, like standing on the track. They had like earmuffs on, and they like didn't know that there was a train coming. Like, and then on the other track, there was like one guy on his phone, basically. Mm-hmm. So like. Um, and it was all just like pre-recorded. They were all actors. Like nobody was in any danger, and like showing the train coming, you could see the why. And then um, they had it in like this like booth that they built that was like a train switching station, like a, a remote location away from the actual tracks. Hmm. They like had like this fake experiment or this fake like study going on. And, like brought people in, like like under the presumption that like they d- they had didn't have anything to do with that but they like saw this whole thing unfold in front of them they were the only people in the room and they had to make a decision right and uh like it was like about half and half that like actually hit the button that said like switch track or whatever it mm. was and half that didn't and a lot of people just like froze or like didn't feel any responsibility because like they didn't realize like really how like like what was going on huh. almost interesting wow so um it's a really good like experiment they did i think like it's really hard to do it ethically and i think he did it the best way possible sure yeah so um just go watch that it's it's really good yeah i'll have to check that out but uh but the whole idea of that being is like some people just freeze up like in situations like that and some people like can't make a decision some people can't decide whether killing one important person or five non or three or whatever important <laughs> people that it's just like this huge balance. Mm. Like what do you do? Yeah, it's like so I said, tricky. you just jump on the track yourself. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be responsible for that decision. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so <laughs> two die and then five are saved. Yeah, you know? there you go. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. You're not a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Shoot, yeah, it's really tricky. I pers- personally, in that situation, I feel like I would probably pick the one and save the five. What if it was your mom? I'd probably hit the five, honestly. You would? Yeah, I think so. As hard as it sounds, like, uh, this sounds harsh, but I think, like, belief in an afterlife and belief in what I believe, I'm okay with letting my mom go. come on, Duncan. Who's going to do your laundry? 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> you will. <laughs> but, and I know, I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast and say like, hey, you know. You just killed me. You just killed me. <laughs> well, so, but here's the thing. Like, my mom has given birth to me and, and has raised me. She, she like, and, and she's lived a wonderful life. But these five people. But her time has come. No, <laughs> no, that's not what <laughs> I'm no, trying no, to say. No, I get what you're saying. Because it's like, like the five people, they could have families too. Mm-hmm. They could be in charge of ki- taking care of ten kids for all you know. And I mean, imagine imagine in your brain how many people you've, e- like all the people you've ever met. Like acquaintances, rough, fr- you know, rough acquaintances, really good friends, really good family members. Smooth acquaintances. In-laws that you hate. You <laughs> in one <laughs> way, smooth in-laws. You said rough acquaintances. So. Smooth acquaintances. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> in one way, shape, or another, like you know... I don't know. It, like, any given person knows roughly a thousand people. You know, has met a thousand people okay. or more. Yeah. Now, five people that are they they're associated with roughly five thousand people. So that would mean that there would be way more people impacted true. by the five than by the one. That's the only thing that drives. But you see how hard this decision is to make, and you have to make it almost instantly. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't think it like it it ha- it just happens. And that's why some people f- flip it and some people don't cuz mm-hmm. it's like uh. and it's also one of those things where I say, you know, it could be like I I say I'm going to do one thing and then in the moment I'm like heck no, I'm not going to, you know, I'm killing yeah. five people. Yeah. Whatever. Exactly. So, I don't know, don't judge me for that. Or judge me for that. Write to us and judge me for that, please. I'd like to think I'd be able to hop on the train with my little toolbox and like you know, <laughs> take it apart real quick so it just like falls apart on the tracks and doesn't <laughs> hit anybody. Derail the train and kill everyone on the train. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. There's, there's options, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that we're all like in emotional like, pain. Where the heck are we right And my now? mom just no. threw her headset. Let's move <laughs> <on>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> um, um, is that all we. We have some would you rathers. Yeah. We can get into that. Let's do it. Uh, this is going off of a little bit of last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, would you rather not be able to sneeze when you need to or not be able to yawn if you needed to? Mm. Do you ever really need to, like... Well, I mean, like, we talked about, like, clenching in a yawn. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't do it, you know. The nostril flare. The oh. nostril flare and, like, the open throat and, like, the... <sighs> a sneeze. <laughs> Holding in a sneeze... I know it can be bad, but I feel like I've perfected it, man. I feel like I've perfected the holding in the sneeze. Okay, but you got to be careful holding in the sneeze because you can actually blow a hole in your lung. I know, but I feel I feel like I've perfected it. I don't think I'm gonna do that because there's like no pressure in like my chest when I when I sneeze. It's like all in my like head is where like I like keep the pressure. You s- I don't know. I'd be careful still. I I don't do it very often. It's very okay. few and far between. But like. I feel like I perfected it, man. I don't know. I think I got a superpower or something. Okay. No holes in these lungs. All right. You're just better than anatomy. I get it. No, <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was very not nice. I'd rather be able to not. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, probably not yawn because, like, when I need to sneeze, I got to sneeze, you know? Yeah. Same here. I mean,. Nothing's worse than sitting there all day, like, trying all the <laughs> tricks, staring at the sun. You got, like, you know? a weird eye thing going on, and, like, ugh, it's terrible. Stiff lip. 
Yeah. And you're over there like snorting lines of pepper <laughs> off the kitchen table, <laughs> you know, right. the granite countertop. You get arrested in the back of the seat. And finally, you sneeze and it just blows <laughs> boogers everywhere. <sighs> Wait, did we talk about this last episode? Do you sneeze out your nose? I do. Er, I I do. No, I sneeze out my mouth actually. Okay, me too. When I sneeze out my nose, I always blow boogers. <laughs> Dude, are there yeah. like people who normally sneeze out their noses, or is it like a mouth thing? I mean, I know there's like. If if that feels that's a danger zone, man. Yeah. That's super. That's like you're begging for rockets. Dude, if you're living your on the edge, man, <laughs> you sneeze out your nose. You gotta plan for like recoil when you do that, cause it's like coming out, and like it's gonna throw your head back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cause if you sneeze out your mouth, it's like straight out, but out the nose, it's down, so you like get the whiplash effect from the the head going back. You know, like <laughs> neck spasms. You know, it's neck it's that bad. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> Sitting next to a wall, you smack your head into the concrete, or whatever. <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! <laughs> sneeze out your mouth next time, homie. <laughs> it seems more practical to sneeze out your mouth, even though your body's probably trying to get it out your nose. It's like, hey, there's something in there. Let's clear it out. Sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> out the mouth. That's why we sneeze like eight times, probably. Like, achoo, 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 achoo. Try again. Yeah. Finally, when you do sneeze, your body's like, that's what's up. <laughs> 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 oh gosh where were we <laughs> it's time for the next would you rather question <laughs> okay is it your turn or my turn it's your turn all right would you rather look like a celebrity and be approached constantly for it or never be recognized by anyone and always having people wondering why you aren't here or, there. or why you're there why you're there sorry why you're there <laughs> sorry oh <sighs> So never be recognized. That also goes with like your family too. I guess so. That's pretty sad. That is pretty sad. Like as much as I would like to choose that option, like I have to admit that humans like have like the like the need to be with people. Like we've all seen Castaway. It's mm-hmm. the greatest documentary ever. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Wilson is on display in <laughs> the New York Museum of the Natural Internet. History. Modern Art Museum. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Noah. Just in the glass case. <laughs> That's right. Um, what the heck are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> so, like, as much as it would suck to be a celebrity, like, like getting that attention level, that is healthier in lots of cases than it is to have no attention and nobody recognize you and nobody be your friend. Hmm. I agree. Yeah. Because uh, we're celebrities and we know exactly what it's all about. You That's know? Like right. People it's come up to us, they're like, dude. Can I get a picture with you? Yeah, <laughs> all the time. It's such a burden. Can I get a voice <laughs> clip of you for the podcast? That's right. Yeah, no, we we, uh, we should probably stop showing our face because people only know our voices, you know? That's why I changed the, the thumbnail picture from our faces to the cartoon version. Next, it's just going to be like abstract like shapes. <laughs> just That's you good. and me, abstract shapes. That's good. Geom- like geometric shapes. You yeah, know? modern art. It'll yeah. be modern art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll Bent canvas. Hang, hang right next to Wilson. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Same room exhibit. <laughs> um, actually, no. Our exhibit will be a man with a bag over his head, like hitting his head against the wall, <laughs> like all day. And, and every time day. he hits it, a, a tube of string cheese falls out of the bottom of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> with bites taken out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that would 
that is art. That's modern art right <laughs> that there. That is modern art. That's so interpretive. That's it's killer. Beautiful. And then they just like, there's a little machine that just recycles it back through. They just keep falling out. That's right. That's wow. Right. Duncan, you are an artist, my friend. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> I sneeze out my mouth. Though, so You're a I mouth sneezer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have to agree. Celebrity. All right. Yep. Duncan, would you rather eat string cheese by biting or peeling? Peeling. Biting. For time reasons, for you. For right? time reasons and for messy hand reasons more than anything. I honestly think I enjoy the texture and the taste of stringed cheese. You are living a life of luxury, my friend. Truly. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> <laughs> um, next one? Yeah. Would you rather have your knees and elbows be able to bend both ways or not be able to bend at all? I feel like it'd be painful. Oh, well, maybe not. Well, if you're, if you're made for it, like think about your head, it bends both ways. I mean, more so forward than back, right? Okay, so like your knee will bend more so back, but it'll also go forward. Mm. Have you seen the way I stand? Because my legs kind of go like that. Anyway. Yeah, you're Jar Jar Binks, I know. Oh, man. <laughs> Am I really? Just kidding, man. Oh, no. I've never noticed. Really? Never. <laughs> I'll, do it. I'll do it right now. Hold on. Okay. Let's see this. <laughs> As you can tell by the sound of clanking things in the room, that our podcast room is massive. Like, I lock my knees back. You see what I'm doing? It's like it's like that. That's just like that's like how I stand. Eh, that's, that's average. That's fine. Just don't do it while you're singing, otherwise you'll pass out. You'll yawn and then you'll pass out. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Anything but that. (laughs) But can you imagine, like, what weird things you'd be able to do with, like, knees that, like, just... That'd be crazy, yeah. You could, like, bring your foot up to your face to clip your toenails. (laughs) 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 Just, like, right there, just... What's up, dude? (laughs) 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 You'd look like a deer. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> That'd be really funny, actually, to to just see, to experience. Yeah, I'd take that. Even though, so long as you could control it, okay. Like if you're not, like, so long as you're not standing and you're like, ah, and it's not too fragile. My legs, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> That'd be so tripping, dude. Like, dude, are your legs okay? You're like, you're walking like an emu, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Flamingo legs over there. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, man. Jar Jar Binks. He, uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, he's he, our man. He's our, he's our mascot of this episode. He's our meme. He's our. I mean, he's our man. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, I guarantee you, no one's listening to this right now. <laughs> I hope no one's listening <laughs> to this right now. Any episode where we reference ba- Jar Jar Binks is a bad. It's episode. a bad one. It's dry. It's bland. It's it's Blanche Cake. It's Blanche Cake. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. We've had fun. We've eaten cheese. We've talked about philosophy. We've heard our mom's feelings. Your mom's feelings. I saved my mom, dude. Yeah, I don't okay, know what you're talking about. My mom's feelings. <laughs> Sorry again. <laughs> yeah. You're never gonna live that one down, dude. No, I'm not. I'm headed home after this tour. I'll throw a paella at my face. <laughs> <laughs> to go cook some Blanche cake. That's right. I want to know why they don't like us. <laughs> what? That's a Seinfeld quote. I'm sorry. 
From what episode? Uh, George's parents are like, oh, they they met with Jerry's parents or something, <laughs> and they made yes. the paella. Yeah, or, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know why they don't like us, dude. George's mom is exactly like my dad's mom. It's the same. <laughs> it's so funny. I need to meet that lady. Oh, man, she's good. Wait, the one in St. George? Yeah. Did you stay with her? Yeah, we did. Oh yeah, you gosh. know her. Yeah. She's a lot like her. Now that she? you say it, like that makes so much more sense. Yeah. Like, from what I remember, <laughs> she's so funny. <laughs> Anyways, if you'd like to meet my grandma, write to me. And I'll set up an appointment. We'll hook you up. (laughs) 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 Oh, gosh. Thanks for letting us take another chunk of your day today. And uh, if you appreciated this week's episode, give us a holler and share it with your friends and family. You can connect to us on uh, email and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) Contact (laughs) us like an old fart via hardquestionpodcast at gmail.com or like a new aged millennial on Instagram. Like with a fine <laughs> cheese, like a fine mozzarella. That's right. With a good frothy coating on the outside. Oh gosh, what <laughs> am I saying? Contact us on Instagram at, at HQ the podcast and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a week. Bye.